Blog Talk Radio. Quiet, Welcome to Rex Sykes Movie Beat, conversation with filmmakers where we discuss everything film and television. Here on Movie Beat, you'll learn what to do and what not to do when it comes to making movies and TV, and we will talk to everyone behind the scenes and in front of the camera, and I'll provide you with the guests and the information you're going to want to have, whether you're a filmmaker or a fan. And so now let's move behind the scenes here at Movie Beat. First, I want to thank all of my listeners and uh, live and archived for joining us today. If you're listening live, the chat room is open. If you're listening archived, congratulations for listening, and that's what's important. The official web address is rexsykes.com. That's my name. I'm your host of Rex Sykes Movie Beat, R-E-X-S-I-K-E-S.com is the official URL. All of these interviews can be heard there live and or archived, so be sure to uh, uh, tune in, stay with us, check out the archives, there's over 400 hours. My guest today is producer and actor Julian Adams. Julian's been with us before, you don't have to have heard those shows uh, in order to enjoy today's show, but at some point you can go back into the archives and listen to you know episode one and episode two of Julian share some really cool information about some other projects that he's produced and worked on. So I'll tell you about Julian in just a minute, but I want to say thank you for joining us. The chat room is open. If you're listening live, live tweet us, live Facebook, pin interest, use your favorite social media means to spread the word about the show uh, because people could join us live, they could join us in the chat room. Also, if you're listening archived, please do the very same thing because when you do, it encourages others to listen or to find us on the Internet or they stumble across us in ways that they would not have otherwise. The other thing I really ask of you is please rate and review the podcast at iTunes, because they're there available free, Rex Sykes Movie Beat, um, as well as leave comments at the Blog Talk radio player uh, during, after the show, live or archived. Please leave comments. You can post them right to Facebook as well. Anyway, let me tell you about my guest today, and, uh, and we'll start. Julian Adams is a producer, he's an actor, and we're going to discuss an upcoming production, a TV miniseries, Appomattox, I'm sorry, two Appomattox, and the Kickstarter campaign uh, that uh, he and uh, Michael Beckner, uh, producer, the writer of the miniseries, uh, have launched, as well as the other producers. Uh, he also produced and co-stars in the movie The Phantom, starring Ed Harris, David Duchovny, and William Fickner, which was written by Todd Robinson, um, who uh, also directed Lonely Hearts, and the writer-producer, really, Scott's White Squall. Uh, both Todd and Julian have been guests on the show, as well as Penn Densham, another of the producers of Phantom. And uh, again, you're going to want to uh, should go back and listen to the archives. The producing team of that movie included John Watson, Penn Densham, a backdraft, uh, Blown Away, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. And Phantom was released theatrically, as well as on DVD and Blu-ray, and uh, it's an excellent movie. You need to, to get it. Julian also, uh, with uh, his father, uh, Weston Adams, uh, wrote and produced a Civil War 
project for Solar Filmworks. That's their company called The Last Confederate, the story of Robert Adams. And it won 10 film festival awards, including Best Actor Award for Julian and seven producing awards for The Father and Son. And that movie also uh, was released and is in worldwide release. So without any further ado, let me uh, welcome Julian to the show. Thank you. Thank you, Rex. Glad to be here. It's so good to have you. I'm I'm so glad to have you back. Uh, I enjoyed all of the contributions you've done in the past, uh, and uh, of course the movies. Uh, having seen Last Confederate and having seen Phantom and 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 other works as well. So how how have you been, and and what are you up to? Doing doing well. Thanks thanks for having me. I always love being on your show, and um, I know you've got a, a great uh, following, and I know you do a good job of getting the word out for people. You know, independent filmmaking is um, is a broad term, and, and I'm lucky to be a part of it, but it's also a very difficult world. And, and one thing I appreciate about talking to you, Rex, is that you are a filmmaker, so you well understand the uh, task at hand and what we're, you know, what independent filmmakers face uh, at every turn. So, you know, the good thing is I'm speaking to someone who actually does this, and so you um, you understand better than, I would say, uh, many others, what exactly uh, are the trials and tribulations of, of uh, getting films made, which obviously, um, you know, is uh, is not an easy thing to do. It's, um, you know, uh, a thousand moving parts and pieces and personalities. And um, so the, the, uh, the, the goal is, is always uh, something you have to focus very hard on. And, um, and I just appreciate your knowledge of that and your experience with that. But, in terms of um, what I've been up to is a lot. Um, you know, filmmakers, as you, if you have a film, you know, from from the outside perspective, if you have a film come out, uh, then it appears as though you kind of disappear for a little while to go prepare the next film. Well, the reality is that it's a, you know, um, it's a job that requires attention around the clock, and um, there really is no rest for the, for the independent filmmaker, really, or I would say any filmmaker. It's kind of... Um, you know, it's where art meets commerce, and you have to figure out how to create something that will be um, will be seen by people, or people will want to see it. There's some interest, but um, I think most filmmakers view themselves as, as artists in some sense. So, um, it's how do you marry those two things? So, to Appomattox is the Civil War uh, miniseries that we're working on. Um, Michael Frost Beckner is the writer and executive producer, and Michael, it's his it's his show, and. I'm here to support him as a producer and an actor. Um, Michael brought me on to be in the film or be in the series, um, but then brought me in to help him uh, produce. And so um, I'm kind of here, you know, in a few ways uh, helping Michael. And he's got a great team behind him. David Winter is another producer with Michael, Thomas Augsburger. Mikhail Solomon is the director who did Band of Brothers. And Michael's uh, got a great uh, pedigree as a writer and producer. He did uh, Spy Game with Robert Redford and Brad Pitt. He wrote that film. The Sniper series, um, as I'm sure people well know, with uh, Tom Berenger and Billy Zane. Michael wrote that as well. He did a television show called The Agency, which was a CIA-focused uh, series that ran for a while with a great cast. And so, you know, Michael's got, got a long uh, track record in the business. And um, Obviously, you know his his writing is very well respected, you know, and um, so he's got a great the the material here for two Appomattox is a is an incredible thing that Michael's accomplished in terms of uh, you know uh, tackling uh, the Civil War in a new and fresh way, and I think um, 
that is uh, that's something you and I can talk about today, and I can give you um, you know how Michael's put it, you know everything uh, in his life into this series, and you know it, that's a testament to a filmmaker just in terms of you know getting um, getting some of that magnitude and size and shape uh, off the ground, and, and, the, and it's been a long process for him. Um, also, we're managing Phantom, um, the Ed Harris and David Duchovny submarine movie we did that came out last year. Is now you know uh, going out across the world. It's out you know um, in various countries. You know Japan, Sweden, Germany all hit earlier this year. Italy uh, in late January, um, and it's been through the Middle East and South America. It's it's going now. So um, those are some things we can talk about as well. And uh, the last full measure is the primary um, sort of focus is the uh, Vietnam film that we're doing. A, that centers around a Medal of Honor recipient who died in 1966 in Vietnam named William Pitsenbarger. And he's a real American hero. This is a true story about Pitsenbarger's sacrifice and his altruism and his heroism. And the, center, the story centers around a Pentagon investigator um, trying to understand why Pitsenbarger was overlooked for the Medal of Honor back during the war. And, and so the, most of the story takes place in the year 2000, and it goes back and gives you a view of uh, of what happened during that battle in Vietnam. So it centers around the veterans that are being interviewed by Aaron Eckhart's character, who is uh, the Pentagon uh, investigator. The veterans are played by Morgan Freeman and Andy Garcia and Lawrence Fishburne and Ed Harris. Um, David Duchovny is also in it. Um, it's just a great cast of uh, actors. It's just incredible uh, story that needs to be told. So we've been, you know, Todd Robinson, my producing partner, my hat's really off to him for, uh, once again, an independent filmmaker who has taken on a story that needs to be told and really worked, um, you know, for uh, tirelessly uh, for the better part of a decade. This uh, Pittsburgh was awarded the Medal of Honor finally in the year 2000. So it took his father and his, uh, the men he saved 34 years to get him the medal. So that is one feature film we're, we're working on as well. So after that long ramble, I'm sure you have things you want to talk about. <laughs> well, you're a busy guy, and that's good, and you're working with incredible people, both uh, on-camera talent that you name as well as behind-the-scenes talent that, that you've named that are part of The Last Full Measure as well as two Appomattox. I do want to say uh, right now in the beginning of the show a couple of things. One is Michael Frost Beckner will be with us next Tuesday, the 29th. He'll talk, too, about the uh, miniseries Two Appomattox and about the Kickstarter campaign. And, uh, and so I'm looking forward to that because we have a follow-up show from today regarding Two Appomattox. I also want to say that Two Appomattox is on Kickstarter. And you need to go to Kickstarter and find Two Appomattox. Now, let me spell that for you. It's A-P-P-A-T-M-O. <laughs> A-P-P-A. I'm not looking at it. I'm going, trying to do it off my mind here. A-P-P-O-M-A-T-T-O-X. Two Appomattox uh, at Kickstarter. In the chat room, I've posted the link. It's also on my uh, Facebook walls and uh, different pages. It's on Julian's, which is Solar Filmworks at Facebook. Uh, but go to, do you have a Two Appomattox website, if I remember right? That's correct. If you go to twoappomatics.com, it will also take you directly to the Kickstarter, um, where obviously we're um, we've just launched it, and you know it's a it's quite a task. You know, it's um, I know a lot of people out there are doing crowdfunding, and um, we have I'll, I'll, I can give you the whole backstory on why that's where this project has landed. 
um, for very good reason. It's a matter of, um, you know, if you're doing Kickstarter, it's a, my greatest admiration goes to you or Indiegogo or any of the crowdfunding sites because really you're you're taking something and and pursuing it um, you know on your on your own to try to get your friends and family and anyone supporting your your project um, off the ground. You're not waiting on permission. You're waiting on you know your it's your own uh, momentum. It's getting something off the ground. So I think that that's um, you know that's how we ended up or Michael I should say ended up. Uh, with uh, Kickstarter being the vehicle for his uh, project, um, so you know, you, you go on, Rex. I don't want to. I don't want to steal the floor here. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I, we definitely want to hear from that. All I was going to say is again and remind people that there's Damian Lewis, uh, there's Noah Wiley, there's uh, Walton Goggins, there's John O'Hara. There's a whole host of incredible talent. You got to go check out the uh, Kickstarter yes. campaign of Two Appomattox. It's a mini-series, uh, and they're trying to raise a significant amount of money, so they definitely need all of our help and all of our support. And if you can't give a dollar, then the least that uh, any listener or anyone uh, you know, that goes to the site can do is to share it with someone else and to spread the word. Um, this is right. a very noble project. It's a worthy project. It is from, the, uh, from Michael Frost Beckner, but it's also being directed, I should say, and it's being directed by the director of uh, Band of Brothers. So if you liked Band of Brothers and HBO, you love the kind of uh, quality that uh, th- these producers and directors and cast are capable of, then I say help make two Appomattox a reality. And do it now while the campaign is running. There's 23 days to go. So That's Kickstarter, awesome. two Appomattox. So go ahead. You know, I mean, obviously there's a, a, there's a variety of ways to raise money. All of them are exceedingly difficult. Uh, a Kickstarter ca- a campaign or Indiegogo or Seeds and Spark or Fundraise, whatever, they are incredibly difficult to, to run and navigate in the same way that making a movie is difficult or marketing a movie is difficult. Um, you were talking about stuff earlier and, and you know, the, 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 the notion of, and I hate to use this metaphor, this analogy, but the, the, the uh, staging a battle you know, if <laughs> invading a country. I mean, there's there's as much work to be done in terms of delegating authority, assembling your team, putting your team together, financing the operation, um, you know, finding the stage that you do it, and, and then getting it done, and then selling it to the rest of the world so that people <laughs> people see it. I'm sorry about the horrible yep. analogy. But, but, I mean, no, if, you know, that analogy is per- that's perfectly correct. I mean, you're dealing with something that requires – you know, hundreds if not thousands of people in concert and you're dealing with logistics and finances and, you know, leadership and, um, you know, not to mention, you know, creativity and, um, you know, it's logistically very complicated. So you've got, to, you've got to manage so many things and you've got to launch it all simultaneously and then stay in a, you know, uh, in, with a concerted effort from all parties, stay, you know, moving in a forward direction. So, that that analogy is absolutely correct. I mean, you know, you, um, you know, from the outside, um, and I know this because we all, you know, have to begin our process as filmmakers somewhere. But before you understand those things, you, you know, you have a certain view of it. But then once you get into the middle of it and you realize how complex it is, it almost makes you, you know, ask the question: Well, how does it anything ever gets, you know, produced? It's so complicated, and. Um, even one slip can send something crashing to the ground. So it's, it's not as though, 
uh, once you get all the the money and and you know actors and everyone assembled, and you get a great script written. I mean, it's all these things, all these moving parts. But even once you get all that in in place and you're moving ahead, there's no guarantee it's going to work. There's no guarantee anyone's going to want to see it. So you you then have that the next battle to fight, which is once you produce something, once you've got it shot and edited and scored and everything else, there's really no guarantee that you know. Um, you, you and you never know about the marketing and whether there's money for marketing and all those things. So you you may be watching you know HBO one night and you see a movie and you think you know that was incredible or you know you or you're watching Turner Classic Movies or TNT and you see a, a movie on and you think well why didn't I see that in theaters? Well you know this uh, that's the the one of the greatest mysteries of all. And I realize I'm kind of jumping ahead in the story, but it does point to a if you go to YouTube and you look for a, a speech that Steven Soderbergh gave maybe six or eight months ago, maybe a year ago, I think it was at the San Francisco Film Festival maybe. Um, it's a great Soderbergh speech, was talking yeah. About, yeah, yeah, and, yeah, I'm sure you know people have seen it, but um, you know, so he's a brilliant guy and his, his body of work is amazing and he, he speaks the truth in terms of his view of what it requ- you know requires of not only the filmmaker but the distributor and studio or whomever it may be if it's an independent filmmaker, but the financial burden of you know and then he uses a good example and, and I'll just you know sort of paraphrase what he said but it, if you take a five million dollar movie and you think okay well you got this you know this if you end up having a, what you feel is a great movie you think okay. Let's say it's a five million dollar movie, and you decide, or you know, everyone, you know, distributor, and everyone decides, okay, we're going to try to launch this as, uh, you know, in a broad way, out on X number of screens. Let's call it, you know, to really get into the kind of theatrical distribution game, you've got to hit, you know, somewhere in the neighborhood of fifteen hundred or two thousand screens. Well, to get into that game, you've got to spend, you know, somewhere in the neighborhood of fifteen or twenty million dollars to really combat the uh, army of huge films out there. So then your film, you're into it for $25 million. And I realize these are, you know, kind of random numbers in a way, but I'm just, I'm just picking them for the sake of the, uh, the exercise here. But then you're into the film for $25 million. Well, the theaters are going to take, you know, the, uh, the theaters themselves will take half of, of the take. So for your $25 million investment, for it get to get back to zero, it's got to make fifty million at the box office. So then you see how untenable this math is. You know, you then take a five million dollar film that to get back to zero, you've got to hit fifty million dollars. Well, that's pretty crazy in, in any practical sense of you know, of uh, uh, you know, you then have a mountain that you put in front of yourself that. Um, you know, so for you, you spend five million. The marketing's twenty. You're in for twenty-five to get that twenty-five back. The theater has to make fifty. Well, then this—that's you're into sort of mad numbers in terms of what the the performance of the film has to be if you go out that wide. So therefore, you know, that all is something is askew with that because the reality is that once you get into so let's say your little five million dollar film is playing at you know Regal Cinema up against Spider Man and other giant movies. Well, those suppliers they're feeding movies to the theaters you know every other three days or whatever. Well, the unless you have a big distributor behind you, the movie uh, uh, the owners of the theaters realize 
well, this little guy really can't fight against the big guy because he can't spend the marketing money. Spider-Man spends a couple hundred million or whatever they spend. You then realize it's, it behooves them to keep Spider-Man in more theaters and to keep it running because they know that those people are going to deliver more movies to them, whereas the little guy, you know, he may turn around, you know, that if it's a smaller distributor or whatever it may be, they're not going to deliver as many movies. So then it's also based on a, you know, performance right out of the gate so if a little movie goes up against a giant movie, then, uh, you know, you then see what you're contending with. The, the battle is, you know, once you've made the film, that's only half the battle. So not to, I don't want to be a naysayer, but I'm just saying the complexity of it goes far beyond uh, just putting the film together. You know, you, and so therefore, luckily, we're in a day and age where you can distribute a film in, you know, a multitude of ways, obviously online or, you know, if you're lucky to get, you know, a television deal or whatever it may be, you know, and most people, you know, I think if you asked 100 people, Rex, I mean, if you went and you asked 100 of your best friends where did they see their last movie, very likely on television or on their computer. So it then begs the question, okay, what is it worth going into that arena with those giant studio films and trying to fight that battle for the theatrical space and theatrical audience and the you know the the people in the seats. Well, I don't know. It's it's really kind of up to up to you. If you can if you can get into that arena, great. Um, but and and I and I, don't, I hope I'm not repeating myself from the last time you and I spoke. But that's the challenge. So, you know, cutting back to something like two Athematics, Our goal is to make a, you know an eight part miniseries. That's what this thing is slated to be. We've got a great you know the, the actors that we have and that are incredible. We've got the musical support. And also, they're, they're acting in the film Rascal Flats. You know, they're, uh, Jay DeMarcus is the composer. Jay is obviously one of the members of Rascal Flats. And Joe Don Rooney and Gary LaVox will also play, they'll also play a part in the, in the music and, and the, uh, in the uh, acting in the, in the series. Now, we've got a great cast. Jason O'Mara plays U.S. Grant. Jason's, you know, great actor who's you know, got a great following. But, you know, we see all these people, they give them so much support, and we think, okay, what's the best way for us to get this? Do we go and we continue to shop it to the networks? And um, which we've gotten, you know, great responses. Michael, really, I'm my, my, I should turn my focus to his, his effort in that. But, you know, we've gotten great responses, but it's never that you've got to iron out a deal that works, you know, financially and creatively. So, you know, if you've got a network interested who says, okay, we'll license this show for X amount of dollars per episode, well, if that's below your budget range, then it really doesn't work for you. So you then have to figure out, okay, how do we actually get get some piece of this done? So Michael's approach and our approach and, and, and efforts to help Michael was to say, okay, why don't we approach this as a backdoor pilot, as they call it, where you go and you make an episode and then you either shop it around or you turn that episode into a feature film. And that was Michael's approach. He thought, well, that way we control this and, and you know, we, we're not waiting on permission, you know, from a network to say, okay, here's, you know, we're going to you know, green light this and then you get the pilot shot and then maybe that, you know, moves on to series or what have you. But it, um, I guess what I'm saying is that in, in the end, once you have all these elements in place and you have a great script and, and your actors and all that and you move all that down the field, the complexity of it, uh, it, it only increases because you then have to figure out, you have to look to your end game and think, okay, well, how am I ultimately releasing this thing? 
or how will it be released, whether, you know, we're doing it or someone else is. But with two Appomattox, you know, Michael has worked, all these actors have been Jason O'Mara and uh, Jonathan Sheck and Stephen Lang and Trace Adkins and Kim Delaney, Noah Wiley. These people have been supporting this series and really want this to be done. It's an interesting and unique view of U.S. Grant and Robert E. Lee's you know, lives, you know, beginning at West Point and obviously going all the way to uh, to Appomattox. But it, it it's woven in a way that tells the story of how these men, you know, it's kind of like as Band of Brothers was about this group of men, their beginning and then all the way through World War II, uh, to Appomattox is sort of band of generals. It's these men, how they began at West, how they went through the Mexican War, and then how they then interacted all the way until the reunions at Gettysburg. So Michael covers that ground from start to finish, but in an interesting and, and woven tapestry that covers time periods so that you're not just moving in a linear chronological way, you're moving through it in an interesting way that then gives you perspective on kind of how these men met at West Point to where you ultimately are at a Gettysburg reunion, you know, uh, you know, in the late 19th century, um, and you see these men and, and where some of them who've survived the war have ended up. So it's it's not just a telling of that story in a direct line. It's got a, you know, it's a, it's a very personal view of Damian Lewis plays, um, plays Sherman. It's a very personal view of Sherman and Grant's relationship you know, Lee's relationship with Longstreet and his lieutenants and um, and then these men like Simon Bolivar Buckner, who, you know, was obviously a friend of U.S. Grant's when they were in the U.S. Army together. And these guys end up on the other, you know, opposite sides of the of the battlefield. So that's what the story is about. It's about the personal relationships between, you know, these men and their and and the women, I mean, the, their wives and how, you know, how they saw this war. And, and so it's, very, you know, complex but beautifully executed in its writing, and you know, we would expect nothing less from Michael's. You know, his writing is is of that standing. But um, I realize I've wandered all over the map here, so guide me back to where you need me. <laughs> no, it's fascinating. It, it really is. I mean, you know, you uh, mentioned you know the, the difficulties of movies. I had a friend who did a ten or twelve million dollar movie. It opened against something, you know, magnificent, some blockbuster. It was there a week. Uh, it was totally eclipsed. And uh, you know, making money right. on DVD, but but the theatrically, up, you know, nobody nobody's willing to to let a movie stay uh, in a theater if it's not pulling its weight, you know, after a few days. Very different from the old days where movies could come in and and stay for a week or two or three or a month or something, or where distributors had contracts to deliver. You know, uh, I mean, it just is an amazingly different world. People now can make a movie if you have absolutely no money and you're you're a high schooler or young college kid and you have no money. It can seem as insurmountable as somebody trying to raise a couple million dollars or $10 million or $200 million. But the difference is, is that at the level at which the high schooler can do it or the college student or the emerging filmmaker, they can go to, to you know, their, their local electronic stores and get the equipment and, and everything. Dealing with the kind of stuff that you're dealing with, with professional talent and, and unions and, and so, you know, it, it's just a different world. It's, it's you know, it, you said art meet, in, meets commerce. And for art, most art. of us, I think, I think there are those people who would paint in their closet if they couldn't sell a painting and they'll continue to paint because it, because it, you know, it, it brings them satisfaction or you sing in the desert if no one's willing to listen or your shower. 
filmmaking, I think there will be always people who will make movies and have some sort, form of satisfaction. But it is a collaborative business, or it's a collaborative art. It requires, uh, with rare exceptions, it requires right. multiple people and multiple talents and multiple streams of income, you know, in order to pull this off. And when it, you know, I'm I'm pulling for two mathematics because I look at who's involved, what's involved. I know some of the people who are involved. You know, an incredible team of people, bound to be a fascinating, you know, well done. Uh, project, so I'm going. Hey, you know, make it happen. Let's let's all band together, and, uh, That's and right. make well, it happen. Well, Rex, you, you've been a great supporter of you know of everything you know I've been working on. But you you just touched on something that's that's fascinating to me. But you're absolutely correct. So I'm a painter as well. If, if you if you can you can I don't know if you see my work on you, know, you can see it on Facebook. You can see it uh-huh. elsewhere online. If you look for Julian Adams art on Facebook, you'll see my paintings. But but you just touched on something that's absolutely true. So let's take let's take Vincent Van Gogh and put a, put his uh, life um, or Van Gogh, as some of the Englishmen may say. Now put his life uh, and his commerce and his art up against that. Um, you know, let's say Rembrandt or Henri Matisse. So let's let's take those two examples. Because one, you're you're talking about a painter who was not recognized in his life in Van Gogh, who then he would have painted no matter what. You know, he was mm-hmm. so filmmakers. You're absolutely correct. I think that you know, my uh, hat goes off to filmmakers who are making films no matter what, because that's the the reality is that if you're a filmmaker and you're not making movies, then then you know, I think you're all, you're you're probably just like I am. When I'm not making a movie, I'm dying to go make a movie. So you let's take a painter like Van Gogh or or you know any any painter who is not clearly recognized in his own time. Now you put him up against um, some. We'll say you know Matisse was very successful and had a, a rise to fame. Picasso became an international rock star and made and made painting you know and being a painter and being an artist fashionable. Rembrandt too. Well, those guys knew how to market themselves. Rembrandt was a great you know businessman. He bought and sold his own paintings over and over. So the question is. Would Rembrandt have, you know, stopped painting if he if he weren't doing so well financially and selling, you know, repeatedly selling his paintings and and his recognition going up and up? Same with Matisse or Picasso, they were very successful in those efforts. Now, am I am I saying that they're not as as um, you know uh, is their artistic integrity integrity questioned because uh, you know versus Van Gogh who was um, ignored in his artistic life? No, I think that you know. You have to look at look at Steven Soderbergh. He's a great example. He's a, he's a masterful filmmaker and has artistic integrity, and has done well, you know, in the greater broader realm of of you know blockbuster filmmaking. Um, and, and so I think you know it's not a matter of being one or the other, but it's a matter of of the the internal question of are you a filmmaker, even if your films aren't being seen. And I think the answer is absolutely because the reality is you can get your film seen. If you're making, I mean, I started off making tiny films, and some will never be seen. I mean, you know, the first one I made, I don't, I don't even have a copy of it, and I would love to see it one day. But it, um, you know, it, I don't know, maybe it'll end up, you know, somewhere one day. But we still made it, and we loved making it, and learned a lot, and had a great time. And we didn't, we weren't making it really for necessarily an audience, but it, um, but you know, you you have to. Per, you know, continue on as a filmmaker, no matter whether you know there is some sort of end game for your film. You know, the the goal is to 
to be and execute as an artist or filmmaker, however you characterize yourself. But um, but you're correct. I mean, look, I mean, we're we're battling hard to get two Appomattox made, and we believe in it greatly. And you know, it, it, it is not simply a view of a business transaction for us, because obviously we wouldn't go through all this trouble if we were simply. You know, we're trying to take on a very monumental, you know, series about, uh, you know, the most pivotal event in American history, some may argue. I mean, the Civil War is an event that changed this country and has impacted our lives in, in countless ways. So, you know, what I'm saying in the, in the end is you have to have other reasons for doing this. Because if, you, if you're just in it to make a buck, well, there are easier ways to do that. You know, you, I think anybody <laughs> yes, there can, are. You know, so anyway, but... but uh, but sorry to sort of glide off course there, but but it, you know I, my your example of of whether or not you're you know look I am a painter and I would I would paint no matter what and I'm really you know um, that translates into the filmmaking part of it because I think you know I, I became a filmmaker because I love it not you know because of the paycheck I mean you know like I'd be smarter to do something else if that were the case you know. Well, I'm but, gonna, uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna use another analogy, and they're twofold, actually two analogies. One is, um, and, and my life is intersected with both of these. I can't paint to save my life. I can't sing or play anything to save my life, you know. But, but the world of magic, and the world of stand-up comedy, um, right. apart from those, those magicians who develop, you know, great sleight of hand skills, the goal of magic is to mystify. Others, you know, it's the delight. I, right. my, at least my experience is, you, you show somebody a trick and they go, "Oh my gosh," you know, um, and and people could spend hundreds of thousands of hours getting good so that they could do something that would impress somebody else or stand-up comedy. I mean, think of where where else would you do stand-up comedy except with other people, whether that's around right. the coffee table or on a stage to tell a joke. I mean, is for other people. I, I think that filmmaking, in this sense. You're telling a story if it's about the Civil War, which it is. I mean, in this case, you're telling a story, and you want to get that to other people. You want them to to see it. And and I mean, sure. I think most sure. most I think most filmmakers would agree with that. Some will disagree whether they they're in it for art or for commerce or how they get it seen or you know whether they show it you know live in a in a park on a Friday night you know with a sheet hanging up or whether it yeah. fills the theaters, but. But, uh, you know, and I'm throwing a huge generalization out there, but many of us who were brought up watching movies and TVs and grew up and went, you know, I want to do that. We want to tell stories. We want to act. We want to direct. We want to do it. I don't think we thought I want to do it so it's obscure and, and, and my closet is lined with canisters. <laughs> no, no, no. I hope I, I hope I wasn't. I didn't mean to address it that way, but I. No, 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 no. I mean, I mean, I've yeah. got the same thing. I've got stuff that's never been yeah. seen. I've got stuff that I've ne- I've never seen that I've worked on. You know, that's either yeah. never come out or somebody's got a copy of it somewhere. No, I completely understand. I'm just saying that I think for most filmmakers, the idea being is that it it truly is about business. It truly is about commerce. It's about doing the best you can with what you got, and then and yeah. and and hopefully you found an audience and you deliver it to the audience. And if you're lucky enough to play the game in the world that we have going, you can make money yeah. at it. And at one time, maybe even today, some people do, make incredible money at it. And I don't I, I have yeah. no there's no apology in that whatsoever. I love the film business. And I no, love the I, professional I agree with you. And also, yeah, I, I totally agree with you. I mean I think that 
you know, that, that the, the goal is obviously you're, you're in a performance business. So, of course, you want things to be seen. I, you know, I just think, um, you know, it's, it, the good thing is we live in a day and age where you, you can put it online. And the reality is that most people, especially right, right. as they call them millennials, they're watching all their content online. So, the, the, um, you know, the benefit of, of the access and the ease of access for filmmakers um, is that, that their audience is mainly online these days. The theatrical audience is, is you know, still there, but um, you know, obviously. But the you know your 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 access point to an audience is is much easier these days. So that's great for filmmakers. I mean, it's more performance based arts. You know, there is. I mean, I think there's an incredible opportunity. I mean, both both whether it's television or theater, DVDs if they still exist in a few years. But that the notion of of Netflix and Hulu and Amazon and, and all these different you know, uh, places on the internet, or even your own channel, you know, that, that someone could create. Um, there's there's yeah. so much potential that way. I mean, it's exciting. Now, you said earlier, you said, you know, most of the people saw their last movie, and, they, you know, where did they see it? It was at home. Well, true, I watched a movie last night, you know, on on um, on cable, on my computer kind of thing, but mm-hmm. I had taken right. my son, I took my son to see Captain America. Okay. And so, and yeah, I mean, because, you know, it, it had been his birthday, you know, so, I mean, I, I saw a movie, I went to the theaters recently. Now, here's my interesting impression. My son, obviously, he loved the movie. I thought it was a good movie. But I'm watching the trailers for all the movies, and he goes, oh, I want to see that, I want to see that, I want to see that. And I went, it's the same movie. Every trailer was the same movie. There were people flying through the air, whether it was Spider-Man or, you know, the uh, Fantastic Four. They're flying through the air. There's all sorts of debris exploding in the sky. There's buildings being demolished. You know, there's horrific evil. But I went, I just went, oh, my God, it's the same movie. Right. Just all, right. all this stuff. And they're all $200 million movies. You know, they're one after the other. There were like five things in the trailer. And I just went, wow. There wasn't one heartfelt story. There wasn't one romantic comedy. I mean, I get that they were showing it to the Captain America crowd. But you know what I'm saying? I mean, it's, it's like. They're, t- they're, you know, tar- they're targeting your audience, but you're correct that, yeah, those are the movies that, um, you know, they're selling them to teenagers. And I'm sure your son is a teenager, and therefore he is, yep. he is the primary uh, target for that kind of film but and look those are you know those are totally you know legitimate stories to tell yep. I, I'm, you know, I'm, Absolutely. I'm definitely not of not of the mind that uh, that you have to tell any you know look I mean it depends on the, the kind of mood I'm in I think probably everybody on the planet this way what kind of what kind of movie do I feel like watching right now do I feel like watching a you know romantic comedy some days you do do I feel like watching a western or an action movie um, I mean, maybe I'm more partial to you know, a Western or something, but it does, you know, there is an audience for every kind of movie. And I think yep, um, you're, you're absolutely right though, that, you know, you're watching your son look at these movies and they kind of all look the same to you. And you think, well, is that, you know, what big movie making is about? Well, I, maybe, and maybe that'll change. Maybe it won't. I don't know. But, and maybe that suits, you know, uh, you know, uh, more the population than than the kind of movie you love to see or what have you. But what I'm saying is that, you know, in the end, you're correct. There is um, there is a certain current formula for movie making, and hey, my hats off to those guys. I mean, it, you know, if if you can if you can get to work, more power to you. <laughs> but, well, yeah, no, I have, I have, I have no problem with those movies coming out or being there or the people working on them or making big bucks. Uh, I guess my point to it is that independent 
filmmaking, you get to see a wider variety of things because the students have found their large niche. You know, they've got they've got the yeah. where, wherewithal to do all those big things that you and I would never probably be able to make unless we got into that system or could raise $200 million. But what That's you right. can tell are the stories that affect people's lives. You can go back and recreate. And and things yeah. of that nature. So so you know it's an exciting time that there are outlets for places that you can uh, show, for example, to Appomattox. You can get it online if you don't get it on cable, or you can get it in the theater, or you know, or any number of ways. I, it is it is truly that's right an exciting time. Again, go to Kickstarter, look up two Appomattox. That's A P P O M A T P O X. To Appomattox, I don't know why, you know, and half the time I can't even say it, but to Appomattox, um, and and be sure that you do, spread the word, check it out, uh, check out also Solar Filmworks, uh, it, now that you're on Facebook, you also have your own website. That's right, yep, solarfilmworks.com, and also obviously Facebook, Solar Filmworks, we have a couple of different, there's Solar Filmworks Production Company, which is a page you can like. And then uh, obviously on Twitter at, at Solar Filmworks, it's S-O-L-A-R-F-I-L-M-W-O-R-K-S. Um, and so you can find us anywhere. We're all over the place. But, um, you know, it, it um, yeah, two Appomattox, I mean, the, the, the reality is that, you know, you see these actors, you know, these wonderful actors who've all given, you know, so much support to this. And it looks to be kind of a, you know, something that is in the hands of uh, a big entity or something. The reality is that, you know, these independent films, as I, I'm calling them, because really, you know, Phantom was absolutely an independent film. We had incredible actors, David Duchovny and Ed Harris and William Fickner and, you know, everybody from Jonathan Sheck to Sean Patrick Flannery. I mean, we had a whole cast of incredible actors who were in big, you know, bigger movies, but, but, you know, the reality is that independent filmmaking is anything outside of the studio system. And um, that's what I've been lucky enough to participate in. And, um, you know, but I, I just want people to know who are out there, you know, making most filmmakers are small filmmakers like we are. Quite frankly, we're yeah. small filmmakers in the sense of we're lucky to be doing films of a certain scale, but it's taken, you know, uh, it takes time to get to the point where, you you know, you can enlist, actors of a certain caliber and you can uh, get films seen on a certain level, but it's a slow rolling ball. I mean, it's not, um, you know, it's not as though these things happen quickly and they still aren't happening quickly. I mean, you know, my wife, you know, is is the greatest witness to how slowly and glacially, as my producing partner Todd Robinson says often, you know, movie making is a glacial business. It literally moves, you know, at a, at a microscopic rate, and it takes you know a marathon runner's patience. Um, if you're expecting to be cranking out movies rapidly, well, you got another thing coming. I mean, unless unless you build you know an infrastructure, and it takes time to do that, which we're hoping and trying to do, that can make it move more rapidly. Um, but you know, it just it doesn't move that quickly. And if you don't have the patience for it, then you know you're better off in a business that moves. You know. More quickly, but um, either way you look at it, you know it's um, it's something that you must be you know methodical and patient about, and you really have to have the patience of Job to see it through because it's easy to get frustrated with it, you know. 
Well, that it is. It, tr- it truly is. It, it's easy to be frustrated, and and it you know when it works and it clicks, even if it's not a commercial success, it can be immensely rewarding. And and you know, I I look at the cast lined up and the and the crew lined up for two athletics, and I go, what a great playing field, you know? Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> what, Absolutely. What cool team members to play with, you know? Who wouldn't want to play with these guys and gals? I mean, you know, so so more power to you. You know what, Julian? We are at that point where I need to take a short break, uh, a little bit of uh, station identification kind of thing, and uh, and we'll come right back. Okie doke. Great, great. All right, cool. You're listening to Julian Adams on Rex Sykes Movie Beat. The official URL is r e x s i k e s dot com. That's my name, Rex Sykes. Uh, please go and uh, and listen from RexSykes.com at the interviews blog, as well as check out the archived interviews. There's over 400 hours. Now, we've mentioned a few people today. Julian's been on a couple times before. Go back and listen to his other interviews about The Last Confederate, about Phantom. Todd Robinson has been on. He's directed movie, you know, with Julian and The Phantom and different things. He's directed and done other things as well. Listen to him. He's been on a few times. Penn Densham author, writer, producer has been on a, a number of times, as well as uh, just uh, lots of other incredible people. And these guys give away so much information of how to, what to do, ways to think about things. You know, it can be inspiring and motivating. It can be educational and informative. It can help you get your projects done smoother, faster, you know, and less expensively. And uh, Or, you know, look at different distribution channels, so go to the archives and listen to them. It's over 400 hours. Also, please do spread the word, share it, leave comments at the player, rate and review the podcast, help us get the word out about the show and about my guests, because when you do that, it increases our Internet presence. I'm trying to find my calendar on my computer. I'm having keyboard problems, so I'm not that interactive in the chat room as I would be or in other places. Um, and uh, So it's giving me a little bit of trouble. But um, my next guest will be... Michael Frost Beckner, and he is the author, the uh, writer of uh, Two Appomattox. So he's coming up on the 29th. That is Tuesday, the 29th. Most of the shows, most of the Rex Sykes movie shows, are going to be on Thursdays regularly. But occasionally, like today and like next Tuesday, we have uh, special days because my schedule uh, does or does not permit it. But also because on the Thursday, the regular show is Rob, Rob Lukedic. Rob Lukedic is a director. He's done a number of movies. Go look him up on IMDb. Uh, but he's done you know things like Twenty One, The Killers, Legally Blonde, and other things. So he's going to be joining us on the on the um, on the first of May. And uh, on the eighth of May, um, Adam Rifkin is returning. Adam Rifkin's been on the show a number of times before, and he's uh, done numerous movies: The Dark Backward, Look, um, Reality Show. Uh, wrote Underdog, the movie. And other things. So he's going to be joining us. He's he's got a movie uh, that he's working with Penn Jillette of Penn and Teller uh, that you may have seen or heard about. So those are a few of my upcoming guests uh, in the near future. And um, so stay tuned to Movie Beat. And thanks. And uh, do um, keep sharing and leaving comments and live tweeting and facebooking it, um, whether you're listening live or archived. I really appreciate it. All right, we're back with Julian. So Julian, we're back. Yes. Yes. Um, I so want to give you. I, I, don't want, I don't want to sound like filmmaking is a is a daunting task. But go go ahead. <laughs> you know, it, it, you know what? If it weren't for challenges, none of us would grow stronger. You know, if we didn't, you know, they say the kite rises against the wind. 
But that's what makes kite flying fun. If there were no strong winds or no breezes, you know. So I mean, filmmaking, filmmaking, and raising money can be challenging. The the, the thing that I think most people don't get is that. For all the time that you want to make a movie, the, the, the development of it, the writing of it, the getting it ready, the pre-production of it, then the actual producing it, that may pale in comparison with all the time it takes to get the funds together. You know, we all hear of movies that have been trying to get off the ground for two, three, four, five, ten, eleven, fifteen years. You know, and they've, right. they've worked right. at it. You know, so so it you know it's a commitment it's it's a dedication it's it's a it's a passion and if you don't give up and you never quit and you continue to you know work your dream and make things happen and make the connections you know you can ultimately do it you know i i say never say never right. as long as well, you're willing but, yeah well and you're absolutely right and you know people you look at uh, great filmmakers out there, you know, these incredible movies they've made, whether it be Schindler's List or, um, you know, Dallas Fires Club is a great example. You know, yep. that movie yep. took a long time to get made and, and was very difficult. And, you know, it took, um, you know, Matthew McConaughey and, and, you know, his, and, you know, his director and producers and all. It took them a long time to get that made. So none of them are easy. And they each take their own course and, you know, for whatever reason, there are a thousand reasons the movie can, you know, can not be made, whether it's actor schedules or lack of money or lack of interest or people don't believe in it. I mean, there, you know, there's an endless, I, I could go on forever about that, but in the end, it's about the people who stick with it. And, you know, my hat's off to, you know, McConaughey, you know, for so many things, but that was an incredible uh, undertaking, you know, in, in terms of, uh, you know his partners in making that film, and you know that it was wasn't easy for him. You know they they went you know around and around for I don't know how many years um, to get that made. But you know it, you see a movie come out you know with big movie stars and a big director and big actors, and you think oh well you know they probably came up with an idea and got it developed and had a script written and there it went. Well no probably not. You know, it probably took them a decade to do it. You know um, and that's really. Uh, you know the the task that we're you know, we're all faced with is um, is the patience to go through that process and, uh, because you know I don't know when it's easy and for whom it's easy. I imagine for some people, yeah, it's easier than others. Um, but for you know the guys I'm working with and you know as talented as they all are, um, you know it's it's each one takes a lot of work. It's never a you know a one two three sort of thing. It's it's um, it's you know ten thousand little steps, and you know Todd Robinson and I, you know, we've been working on the last full measure for a long time, and the veterans who survived that battle that the the story is centered around, you know, these men are they deserve their story to be told, and that's why we've right. stuck with it, and we'll will stick with it, and you know, and we're we've moved the ball down the field with a great help of you know a great number of people, um, but it um, it's taken a long time, and it's taken you know Todd's you know, patience and every bit of energy and money and everything he has to get this done. And all of us have been behind this. But we look at these men for whom, uh, you know, we're making the film. And the and the great actors who came on board because of this great script that was, you know, Todd, uh, you know, is a very humble guy. And he said, you know, I mean, he's, you know, he's written huge movies for Ridley Scott. And, you know, he did, wrote and directed Lonely Hearts with John Travolta and Selma Hayek. And he, and he you know, he, he, knows the film world as well as anybody I know and but he's um 
you know, he he will give credit to these to the men who survived this battle and say, look, I, I didn't write this script. I just put it down on paper. The guys who lived this told me the story. That's how the script came to be. So he gives them credit, and he's that kind of guy. I mean, he's an, an admirable you know, soul in every sense, and his, you know, um, view of it is very humble because, you know, he uh, he understands the world well. And, he said, and, and so we look at it and we think, well, you know, he knows how hard it's been to get this movie off the ground despite these incredible actors we have attached. And, you know, we made um, Phantom with Ed Harris and David Duchovny and, you know, two incredible guys, brilliant guys, just so, you know, their acting ability, their um, sensibilities, their kindness, their patience, their all that working on a submarine, you know, uh, you know, uh, you know, an old submarine, a Russian submarine shooting that film was not easy, but they they worked so diligently, and then they came to support the last full measure. They believed in Todd's, you know, um, uh, you know, mission with the movie, and so they came on board to support it. And um, you know, you can only be you know so fortunate. I mean, we just feel so fortunate to have these guys supporting us. But in the end, you know. Uh, you have to look at all these people coming together to make this team. You know whether you know. I mean, it's 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 me and Todd and you know and Ed Harris and you know all these great incredible people coming together to try to get the story told. Still, it's still not easy. You know, you're still faced with incredible challenges. We're working. You know, we've worked very hard to get the film financed, and we're putting those pieces together, and we're moving the ball down the field. But um, you know, when you go sit in a the movie theater. Any movie you watch, you have to look up and think, what did it take for them to get that done? And I don't care if it's a movie about two people in a room talking. It still took a lot of effort and energy to get the script written and the actors together and the locations and every person involved in a film, whether it's the, the grips or the you know the gaffer, the you know the uh, anyone the electricians, anyone involved in the production, they must be there for the film to be made and they must be there and execute and do their jobs well. And it's all of those components come together that make a film. And without every one of them, it wouldn't happen. So you, you see all these people working in concert. And, and so it is kind of um, like you said. I mean, it is uh, uh, the analogy of a battle is correct. Without everyone on the field um, fighting the battle, it's, it's never going to be won. And so, I, I mean, Rex, I use that analogy all the time. I, you know, um, Films fall apart, you know, because people run from the battlefield. And it's been, you know, not to take that analogy too far, but, and also not to give, uh, you know, discredit you know, people who are fighting in wars. But, um, well, that was, that's, that's my main concern is not to, not to, yeah. not to be, be to, to belittle the notion of that, people right. giving their, making the comparison between giving your life and making a movie, you know. But, no, but no, I just mean that functional with, sense, you know. Right, right. Yeah. Absolutely, no, I agree with you. But you know, you know, you have you have moments in filmmaking which you're, you're right can be compared to fighting a battle. There's no comparison. But the, the moments in filmmaking, so let's just call it the the uh, the, the filmmaking endeavor. You know, where sure. things get difficult and things get you know complicated. And you know what? They always do. I laugh because when you know people people can get pretty upset about things. You know, and I just. And, you know, it tells you one thing. If they get too upset, well, there's probably a reason. But also, sometimes it tells you that they've not been in the position before because, you know, I, trust me, I don't always keep a, keep a cool and calm head about things. 
because things are upsetting and things, you know, you work hard and creatively means a lot to you and whether it's financial or creative things that are causing uh, the ruffles and the feathers. But in the end, um, it's always difficult. So if you run into a speed bump, you have to think, all right, you know, you've got to overcome it. And I'm not saying to drive, you know, to, to just roll over the problems without real consideration and, and problem-solving skills. But in the end, you're going to run into obstacles. It's never just a one, two, three-step thing where, you know, you write a movie, you cast a movie, you shoot a movie, and on and on, You, it's going to get complicated. We had a movie recently that was a uh, drama, a beautiful story, but really a beautiful topic. Um, I won't go into the precise details about it, but it fell apart because of, of um, you know, egos, and uh, it was um, it was interesting to watch kind of, uh, you know, how something crumbled and um, what caused that, and and to see how um, it's personalities and people getting along or not getting along and those things uh, that'll send the movie to its grave you know more quick, quickly than anything and um but in the end you, you know you uh, you have to know when to let something go you know so um trust me it's Absolutely. uh it's not it's you know it's not something you want to happen but you know the movie um won't get made at least you know uh, not from my standpoint, it won't. <laughs> I, I won't be involved in it if it gets made. God bless them. I hope it does. But um, it just got too complicated. I, you know, that, and and it was uh, one of these things where it was time to let it go. And you don't, you know, you never want to give up on something. But that was one where we had to give up. You know, it just got too complicated. But um, that's a that's a story that I'm sure plenty of filmmakers are like. Well, should I have let that go? Should I have? You know, um, was it time to give up on it? Sometimes it is time to give up on something. And that was a case where I experienced recently. Uh, that was certainly one of those times. It was time to let it go. You know, so uh, you move on to better things and positive people and people who are going to work hard. And, you know, you got to pick up the, you know, pick up the flag and keep running. Um, you know, that's that's where your, your uh, ability to move forward and your tenacity and everything else, you know, you know, um, it comes into play. I mean, you've got to you've got to pick up the banner and run with it. You know, because you're going to get knocked down. I mean, I, you know, I thought, you know, after that particular movie went, you know, sideways, I thought, well, but I was working on these other movies, so it was very simple. Five minutes later, I shifted my focus back to these other ones and kept on running. Um, you have to get a lot of you know uh, horses into the gates and let them run because you never know which one will be made first. That's a producer's, uh, the matrix of, of filmmaking for a producer. You have to get a lot of movies going, and, and they'll, they'll all go if you stick with them all. But it takes, you know, a management of, of uh, different projects because for some, so one reason or another, some may go more quickly than others. Some may die off. Some, what you know, that you look at any roster on whether it's IMDb or, you know, um, you know, any listing of movies being made by any given producer, you'll see movies come up and then you'll see movies fall off. That's just the way it goes, you know. It is amazing, you know, it, it truly is. I mean, you, you've said, I mean, the ups and downs of producing here, you know, the, the, the patience is the virtue and, and it truly is. And I also think that if uh, people understand that while not everything comes to fruition for a variety of reasons, 
that that nothing is wasted. I mean, you know, I've been on projects right. that haven't gone or projects that failed, but if I can learn from that and I can increase my, you know, accurate knowledge and bring whatever new experience and wisdom to other projects, turn your focus to the other things, you know, then, then it's truly never wasted. In an ideal world, it would be cool if everyone was making the same movie. You know, I mean, that's something we try and tell filmmakers, you know, your producer, your director, you know, everybody should be trying to make the same picture, but everybody has their own idea of what this movie is about inside their head. And then you have all the different motives right. for why people are making the movie. Why are you in it? Why are you trying to produce it? Why are you directing it? Why are you writing? And, you know, so I mean, we're not all on the same page, and we never are. And, and because of that, you know, there's plenty of opportunity for disappointment. And I guess one of the things that we can say about the movie industry is there's, there, is, there is plenty of uh, opportunity for disappointment because things take time, things don't get greenlit, things fall apart. But if you if you right. do quit or give up because you're disappointed or if it frustrates you or you get jaded, it gets harder to make the movies if if your attitude and your head isn't screwed on right. You you do need to let things go and you do need to say, all right, next. It's kind of like dating. <laughs> if every date That's you right. have, you know, is is ten bad <laughs> dates in a row, you either quit dating or you or you go, you know, maybe I'm focusing on the wrong people here and I need to I need to you know focus on a different type of person or some you know whatever. But you, but you right. don't. You can either throw in the towel and just never date again, or or you change your approach and find out, you know, if there isn't somebody better suited for you. So, I, um, the, uh, the one thing that's interesting, and, and, I, and I use the war metaphor again, or analogy to be precise, um, and that is, I think the people who are, you know, in the like somebody asked me, they always ask me if I will review their movies and. And if I'm a movie reviewer and I'm not, and I never claim to be, I think that's a spe- that takes a special person. Can I give my thoughts about a movie? Certainly. Will I give my thoughts? Probably not. And the reason for that is because I have been in the trenches with other filmmakers. I have been in the foxhole, to use an analogy. I understand how difficult it is. I see horrible movies all the time. And I may, to a friend, say, well, it was horrible. But I'm not going to go broadcast it. I couldn't. I I don't have the wherewithal in me to say write in a newspaper. Well, that movie sucks, and it's over. Because I I know yeah. how hard it is for everybody to pull something together. And even if the end result right. is truly, you know, bad, there's still well, all the stuff that went into making it. That's right. And who am I to who am I to tell somebody that movie is bad? You know, like uh, that. You know, that's look. It's and also. Why did a movie, you know, go off course? I, you know, it's uh, I would never re- review movies because, and also I don't, you know, my opinion uh, is, you know, no matter what movie I see, I look for the good in it because I know yeah. it's hard to get there, no matter what it is, no matter what it is, because it's so hard to get a movie done. And I don't care if that's a tiny movie you're shooting with, you know, your friends in your backyard or it's a big blockbuster, they're hard to do. And I don't care who you are and what you're doing. You know, who who am I to sit down and, you know, critique that? And look, yeah, of course I have my internal opinions and movies I love and movies I don't like. But in the end, it's very hard, you know, so you you must um, – it's like, you know, look, I look at, you know, painting the same way. I mean, I see, you know, painters I love and, and I celebrate, you know, those painters. And I um, But then I, I see, you know, whether it's on Instagram or Facebook or, you know, in a documentary – I see painters I don't love, but then, you know, when I think, well, my hat's off to them for, for being an artist and expressing themselves and 
it doesn't matter if I like it as long as someone likes it, and that's what it's about. You know, it's about that person uh, expressing themselves and 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 executing uh, something artfully, and uh, that's you know filmmaking. Look, I mean, you know, there are films that are made that you know aren't really you know um, lauded until later on, and and you know sometimes it takes time for a film to grow into its to its own for people to appreciate it. So. I agree with you. I, I, I don't think, um, and I'm not saying that people aren't allowed to critique films, but it's um, until you've been out there doing it and and you know then pull you know tread carefully. And I would say, you know, I mean not not you, but just everyone. You know, be be a kinder, uh, be a kinder critic. You know, because it's not easy to do it. You know. Right, it, you know, and a friend of ours, I mean, you know, Rod Lurie was a critic and is a filmmaker, and you know, so I will listen to what Rod has to say, you know, and and so often, you know, because he comes at his, re- I mean, I didn't follow his reviews so much when he was reviewing, but as a filmmaker, if he posts something on Facebook or somewhere, you know, I'll read it and I'll listen to it, and I can appreciate it from from where he comes from, and it's 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 cool because he's somebody who does it, and then will make the That's comment right. because. He's done. He's he's lived. He wears both hats, or has worn both hats. Um, I wanted to ask you um, this question because you know some people are really struggling hard to get one project off the ground. And as a producer, mm-hmm. you know you say many horses at the at the different gates. How how do you how do you Julian? How do you juggle it? You've got you know last full measure. You know there's things with Phantom. You've got other projects. You know you've got two Appomattox. How do you how do you um, how do you keep your plate? Uh, where you want it full and, and divide your t- do you have a, a uh, something you could share? I don't have a system. Mm-hmm. I wish I had a, I wish I had a more clear answer for you, but I just I work a lot, you know, and I um, you know I try to uh, to manage all of them as best I can. I can't and and luckily I've got great you know partners I'm working with on every one of them and and you know I, primarily you know uh, Todd Robinson and I make movies together and. So, you know, we're developing other scripts and other ideas, and, you know, I'm lucky to work with good people and people who are, you know, willing to work hard. I mean, that's really all I can say. I don't um, I don't manage things perfectly. I often, you know, things can get too overwhelming. I'm trying to juggle five things, but, um, but it, you know, I do the best I can to, to try to utilize the, uh, you know, the friends and allies I have and to get help when I need it and, um you know, David Winter is a producer I'm working with on a number of things, and uh, you know, David's just a very level-headed, good guy who's trustworthy and smart and works hard as hell. And so you, you know, you got to surround yourself with people who are willing to, um, you know, to work with you in concert with you and work hard. And you know, it's uh, it's just a matter of I think surrounding yourself with um, with good people honestly, and, and not surrounding myself, but working with good people. I mean, you know, it's, we're all surrounding ourselves, but that's just what it's about. You know, and I don't have any particular key to the kingdom in terms of management of time or anything. I, you know, I try to work hard. That's all I can, that's all I can really say. I mean, I, I give it all I can give it. And, uh, and you know, so far, it's, I've been very lucky. I mean, I, I you know, I, I'd say I've got, you know, you know, my family's have been incredible in terms of, you know, uh, their support. I mean, you know, um, that, that's just where uh, I've been very lucky. So, you know, it's, it's the people, you know, my wife obviously is 
a gigantic component in, in just everything in my life. But that part of it, you know, she's she understands the difficulty, and she's and she's in advertising, and she knows how difficult you know these worlds are where creativity meets uh, you know commerce, and you know, so she's you know she's you know you, you get you get supporters around you, family and friends and colleagues, and you do the best you can. I mean, you know, life is a tough road, no matter you know how you're hoeing it. So uh, I guess that would be a row, but. Um, but you know, you know what I'm saying. It's just a, a matter of the people you surround yourself with. I, I, I don't have a better answer than that, and I think that one is probably, you know, um, that's probably the best way I can explain it. You know, that um, and like I said about that film that you know we, uh, you know, got out of, um, it was just too complicated, and it, and, and it was just uh, I, I didn't um, I didn't feel good about the people we were, with whom we were working. So therefore, it. Um, it was time to go. <laughs> so right, that was right. an example of where it wasn't working. Whereas with my relationships with, you know, with Todd Robinson or, you know, Michael Beckner or, you know, and David Winter, I mean, these guys, you know, I like working with them. And, um, and so you, you kind of, uh, you know, you, you, you know, Todd and I've worked together, you know, for years now, seven years plus probably. So it, um, Obviously, we get along. We work well together. And the same with Penn, Benjamin, John Watson. I mean, Penn and John and Todd and I made Phantom together. We're making the last full measure together. Um, so, you know, we obviously all got along well. And um, I'm not saying you don't have your bumps in the road. That's part of filmmaking. But, you know, uh, personally and professionally, I respect and like all of them. And that's what it's about. You have to work in concert with people. Um, and look, I mean, you know, some of my closest filmmaking allies are on the East Coast, you know. I mean, I'm back and forth between South Carolina and Los Angeles, but, um, you know, I'm trying to, we're trying to shoot a couple of these movies um, in South Carolina, and, you know, I want to work with the guys I've made the last Confederate with, because I trust them as well. They're wonderful guys. I mean, Robert Fillion was a, uh, one of the producers on The Last Confederate, and he's, a, you know, a great filmmaker. He was, I mean, he's a director himself and a writer himself, so he's got his own projects he's doing. But you know, I'll you know I'll work with him again in a moment. And there's a guy named Les Frank, who's a producer in Wilmington, who I worked with on that film as well. You know, and a, and, a, and the DP who shot that film is a guy named Sean Llewellyn, and they're all based out of you know Wilmington. So, um, so therefore, you know, it's obviously my working with them is a, is a, is you know is about the the films we're trying to do uh, back home. But what I'm saying is that. You find people you like working with. You continue to work with them. That's how you, you know, manage things. I think in an effective way. Look, I can't say I've done it, you know, effectively across the board, but I can say that, you know, the relationships I've built with these filmmakers, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm proud of in the sense of, I, you know, I wish I were making, you know, movies more quickly and more of them. But as time goes by, I hope that'll be the case. But you know, I wish I could call them once a week and say, "Hey, we got a new film going." But you know, it it, it takes time and patience. And um, the good thing is, they they're all filmmakers. They know how it goes. They know it takes time. And you know, and they call me when they need a view of one of their projects, and I call them when I need an opinion on the script. And if you know, if and when something's going, I'm trying to get them into it. So you know, um, you know, that's kind of how it goes. Well, it's, it is amazing. I mean, you know, the saying Rome wasn't built in a day is certainly, you know, appropriate. And, uh, you know, but, but, you know, you're working at building it. I am a firm, firm believer, and I, and I, and I can tell that you, that you share this, I mean, that you are, 
I, I, I don't believe anyone ever succeeds in isolation. I mean, it, it, even the notion of being a success means that other people recognize it or they pay you or they do something. You know, again, you can paint in your home and you can be a successful painter for yourself. But but if you're in the film business or the entertainment business or, you know, the, you know you're know, you a singer or something and, you, you know, you want to have an audience, the only way that, you know, you do it is that somebody helps you. Whether that's yeah. somebody, if you're singing in the park and somebody goes, oh, you got to hear this person, you know, somebody is, somebody's, somebody's helping, you know, you in some fashion. So, you know, people who think, well, I'm a success, I'm a self-made person, I did it all myself, nobody ever helped me, nobody did, I, I think they're full of crap, first off. I, I get the totally. mindset, but, but they're totally full of crap. When you find people like you have, and who have found you, uh, like they have found you, and you can work together, um, that exponentially begins to make things happen. You've got, you've got more energy, you've got more talent, you've got more ability, you've got more access to resources, whether that's financial or otherwise. I mean, it, you've got access to knowledge. You know, the combined experience of, of three people in a room can be 100 years versus the, the, the knowledge of somebody being 33 in a third year. So, so working together like that. There are, now, having said that, there are plenty of people who I've worked with who I don't want to work with again. I've had yeah, my, it's kind of like, you know, I went, to the, I went to the smorgasbord, I tried the food, I went, no, nope, that's not for me. It doesn't mean that I spend my time hating the food or wishing the right. food ill will. I just go, no, I, I would never do that again, you know, but, but right. and then look for the food that you do enjoy. So it's, you know, it's, it's but, but I think right there, the, the having a solid team, having people you, you like, you enjoy, you, you, you know, you respond well to, that that ability to, to network and create relations, you know, is the thing that makes things happen. And so I, you know, for the, and I never say anything is gospel, but, but for the filmmakers out there who, you know, may be emerging, you know, if you can connect with people, if you look at, if you look at, Spielberg and Scorsese, they use the same people over and over all the time whenever they're able to. So, that's right. You know, and there's it, a reason it, for that, you know. So it's yeah, a very cool. Right. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, no. I was just going to say you're absolutely right. There's a reason that you know that, that a lot of filmmakers uh, work with the same crew and with the same actors, and because there's a shorthand there, you understand how to you know relate to them, talk to them. You understand where you're all driving towards you know whatever your goal may be, but it also it's about liking the people because filmmaking is too difficult to not like the people with whom you're working. It's just too hard. So you're, you're spot on that there's a very, you know, uh, precise reason those guys repeatedly work with the same people. So, you know, find your team, I guess, is, is probably, you know, the, some of the best advice anyone can give. You know, find the people who you're going to go forward with into the future and along yeah. the way, you, you, know, you may you may meet and and let go of a few, but you'll ultimately, if you keep at it, you'll find the people who you work best with together and who who make it a successful enterprise. You know, we've got maybe about seven minutes left on the outside, and I want to be sure that you have, you know, an opportunity to talk about things you want to talk about. But let me ask you, where in the process of the last full measure, or where 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 are you in that? I would say we're we've moved we've advanced the ball a lot. We've gotten um a good portion of the financing in place. We're pretty well um uh you know locked down with our uh, actors and all that. They've been committed to the project, you know, for a very long time and and we just have to reconfirm with them. But we're putting the, the final pieces in place 
we um, you know our goal is to get into production this year as as soon as we can really. Um, but it um, you know it's, we still have a few a few elements we've got to kind of sew up. But um, I'd say we're we're you know pretty far down the field in terms of of locking down a, a start date. You know I'd say that that'll come in the next you know month or so. So um, that's exciting. Yeah, well, locking it down, not starting. <laughs> no, but that's it. But, but that in and of itself is exciting. Yeah, yeah, we've advanced a lot in the last in the last you know six months or so. Um, things have moved along and hit a, hit a good clip. So we've gotten you know good financial commitments to the film, and and you know it's been it's been really honestly kind of a game changing sort of thing. So it's it's good. I would say I don't want to be too optimistic because I know how things can go, but. Um, but we've been we've been very lucky with everyone who's who's come to the table to support the film. So um, so you know I think um, I think you know in in our near future we'll put a start date on the calendar. Well, that's very cool. I, I, I always think that's exciting. You know, when you get to the point where you go, I we can begin now, as if you hadn't actually yeah. begun. That's right. That's right. Yeah. It sounds like we're we're just starting. Where you know. We've been working on it pretty steadily for about, you know, the better part of a decade if you add up Todd's time and my time on it. But, um, but that's, you know, that's not a critique of, you know, uh, of a film. I mean, it's kind of it's kind of funny how, you know, uh, people can ask the question, well, why does it take this long to get that film made? Well, because of the, you know, thousand reasons you and I just talked about. There are, right. you know, a thousand reasons a, a film, you know, takes a while to get made, whether it's, you know, Timing or money or actors or all the above or you know whatever it may be, um, you know what's hip in the zeitgeist of, of uh, you know filmmaking and film viewing, um, you know in, in the last few years, you know maybe a few years back we had questions. Well, what you know this is a movie about the Vietnam War and this and that. Well, it's really not. It's a Washington D.C. movie, you know that's about uh, these the heroism in the Vietnam War. But you know, then you you know, when you get a question about a war movie, it's a touchy subject, rightfully so. But then you look at you know, The Hurt Locker. You know, these are important stories. And you look at Zero Dark Thirty, very important stories. Um, uh, Lone Survivor. You know, these are stories that people care about, and it means a lot to them that they're told. And therefore, you know, it's a sensitive subject, of course. You know, and you know, I respect people's view. Of it, but at the same time, it's um, you know maybe you may have, maybe that's all the more reason it should be made is because you need to tell these stories about you know what people sacrifice and what people do and uh, because after all these you know, these veterans of these wars give their lives to this and all, you know we're just movie makers telling the stories so um, you know I think that um, you know, what these men and women do for the country and what they do for their families and what they sacrifice and what they do for the greater good and the safety of people, you know, this is why these stories need to be told. These men, you know, gave everything they had, you know, in the Vietnam War and their story should be told. You know, that's the, the simplest view of it. And if I get something done in my life and if that's, if that's it, if, you know, if, look, if that's the last movie I ever made, I'd be proud. You know, I'd be fine with that. I'll do my best to keep making movies, but... I talk to these guys on the phone, and there's nothing more moving than speaking to these men. And, and they're speaking about a man who saved their lives, and a man who, uh, you know, and they're not even doing it for themselves. They're purely doing it. They stuck with it to tell that guy's story. You know, that young boy who died in Vietnam in 1966, they want his story told. 
and they don't care about their own names being in the movie. They, you know, it's about telling the story about this man who affected so many lives. You know, when he was awarded the Medal of Honor in the year 2000, there were, you know, a thousand people or more at the ceremony, all of whom were standing there because of him. The grandchildren, children and grandchildren of the men he saved were there, you know, stood up because the, they asked the question, you know, um, if you were, if you were, you know, if your life was touched by William Pitsenbarger, um, you know, please stand up. And everybody in the crowd stood up. You know, so that's what it's about, uh, yeah. touching, touching lives. So anyway, now I hope people will keep a lookout for that film and give it, you know, support when it, um, you know, when we start shooting and and when we after it comes out, you know, with, with two Appomattox, the same thing. It's a story about you know these Americans who gave everything to. Uh, to their families and to their country and or their respective countries. Um, and so uh, we hope people will support it. I mean, it's it's simple. A dollar donation is all we need, you know, and we're slowly inching the thing along, and we have a, a lofty goal, but um, this is a great a great series. And uh, if you go to twoappomatics.com or if you go to uh, at twoappomatix on Twitter, um, or if you go to at Solar Filmworks, or I'm sure if you go to Rex's site, you'll see the link that he's been so kind to yep. put up a few times. So continue yeah. on, Rex. I, I'm, I'm interrupting you. No, no, I was saying you're correct. Those are all great. I'm glad that you did that. Yeah, I was just tweeting the uh, to Appomattox uh, Kickstarter campaign while you were you were speaking, and and you know again, uh, people who are listening, you know the great cast, a great cast, great crew. And uh, a very ambitious, lofty goal uh, amount needed in order to make it happen. So share it with others and give what you can. And, and when you give, look at the perks because the perks are not anything that sneezed at. Look at the perks. Look at how you can be involved Absolutely. in the making of this movie. That's something that we didn't mention before, but, you know, you can get, you know, uh, different things. So check that out. And, um, and Michael yeah, you, Prospective. You get all kinds of access to, to blogs, access to behind the scenes. You can be in the, in the series, in the movie. You can uh, get into the studio with Trace Atkins or Rascal Flatts. So you you can get a line in the movie. I mean, there are you know a, a thousand ways you can jump in and and, yeah, and take part in it. And there are all kinds of great rewards. Absolutely. So you're going to want to check that out. Uh, and Julian again, SolarFilmworks.com, uh, and uh, also on Facebook, there's uh, the two Appomattox uh, you know friends page, fan page. There's Julian's page, Solar Filmworks there. You know, and my pages, you know, have got links to the interview, got links to uh, the campaign. So do that. Julian, when, um, as you progress, I'd certainly love to have you back for uh, talk about uh, the upcoming movie. Todd, I know, will come back at some point. Uh, I'd love yep. so much to talk with Todd. Penn will come back. You know, I mean, so I mean, this, this network of great people that uh, my listeners benefit from and get to listen to uh, regarding the last full measure and, and other things. Um, it was always, you know, an open door and, and available. And Julian will come back, and we'll talk about more things. So this is this is absolutely uh, this has been really, really uh, a, a, a wonderful time with you. And again, I want to point out that Michael Frost Beckner will be here Tuesday, the 29th, talking about two Appomattox and the journey that he's taken in writing and writing for TV versus film and all the different things that he's done. And you do want to go look him up on on IMDb as well for for what he's done. And um, and I just need to check my clock here. So we're yeah we're just about <laughs> out of time. 
But this has been a fascinating time you know, for me and, and an interesting one. Uh, you, you mentioned to me, and we touched on it, we talked about it. We didn't, you know, Orson Welles comment that 90% of the time you spend time looking for money and 10% making movies. Um, it's, it's truly the case of a friend of mine who's made four or five features over a number of years, um, is fundraising year-round and then, you know, makes a movie for maybe three months, and, and he's done three or four, you know, I think he's working on his fourth or fifth movie right now. Um, has, yeah. has always said, you know, my job is to raise money, and it takes, you know, all this time to do it. And he goes the SEC route, and he, you know, he's successful at it, but it still takes time. And then, you know, he gets to he gets to make his movie, and then they get to try and sell their movie, and and you know, right. and while that's going on, he's raising money for the next. So it it is it is that kind of process that never ends. But that's uh, right. That's right. Well, and that's well said. It's uh, it is a very you know it's a never-ending process, and um, you know it takes that kind of uh, tenacity to keep on keep on trucking with. It. So, Rex, thank you for everything you do for all those filmmakers out there, and and uh, and for me and, and my uh, uh, you know friends and allies in the filmmaking world, and um, we just appreciate everything you do. It's, it's a great help to us. Well, and you know what? You know, they, my my show is a great show. Nobody listens to listen to me. They go to listen to you, and that's what the show is all about. So I thank you for being here, and I, I thank all of my guests who have showed up through the years. Julian, it's been fabulous. I'll call you in just a couple of minutes, and we touch base. But meanwhile, have a great, fabulous day. Thank you for the that's contribution right. uh, to today's show, and uh, and continue to make it happen. All right. Great. Thanks Mr. so much, Julian. All right. Mr. Julian Adams. Uh, awesome. Thank you, Julian. You're fascinating and fabulous as always. I want to thank you, my listeners, uh, and the readers of Movie Beat. Again, I just want to remind people that my own website is under construction. My web developer has gone missing. I mean, somebody knows where he is. He's not like a missing body or missing person in that regard. He, he just has gone dark. He's unavailable. You know, he's not answering phone calls or texts or, you know, that could, not just to me, but to everyone. So while, while healthy, he is underground. So my website has been stuck in limbo for some time because I don't have access. I can't launch it without getting the passcodes from this guy. So um, uh, so I've not contributed any real written content to my own website, my own blog for quite some time because we were moving content from that website to the new one. So I said in order to expedite things and not add, you know, not to keep it ongoing forever, I would just cease, and I did. And uh, maybe that was the wrong thing to do because it's been a couple of years and I've never gotten my website up. And so, uh, so, but one of these days that will launch. But in the meantime, all of these interviews are there at the Interviews blog, over 400 hours of professional filmmakers, marketers, agents, managers, cinematographers, directors, screenwriters, wardrobers, you know, you name it, um, are there to assist all of us in, in being better filmmakers, better actors, better, better, better talent uh, on camera or behind the camera, and to make things uh, more effectively, cheaper, uh, faster, smarter. So please help share. Spread the word. Tweet about it. Facebook at Google Plus. It use your favorite social media means. Give somebody a phone call, an email. Say, hey, I'm listening to Rex Sykes Movie Beat. Share it so other people know. Because when you do, you're giving my, them the gift of my guests. You're helping contribute to their education in a way that they might not otherwise have. 
So I ask you to do that. I ask you to share. I ask you to leave comments at the player window because when you do that, they go on Facebook. Somebody else finds it. They go to the Internet and they're on Google and Ask and Bing and whatever. They show up out there. It raises the visibility of the show. When you rate and review the podcast at iTunes, Rex Sykes Movie Beat, the show, um, it, it increases our visibility there. People have asked me to do this you know, on video, and uh, occasionally I may. Uh, the reason why I've done the phone is because so many people have said, you know, I can listen when I drive, I can listen when I work, I don't feel like I'm missing anything. I've kept it low-tech for that very reason, so that you can listen and learn and enjoy. And it's been my pleasure and my enjoyment bringing this show to you and my guests and connecting you up with people in that way. A lot of people have connected. They've made business contacts. They've, they're working together as a result of the show. So I'm, I'm very, very pleased. The official web address is rexsikes.com. Again, remember, you can, um, at 2 Epibatics is on Twitter, and 2 at Solar Filmworks uh, is on Twitter. And uh, you're going to want to make sure that you uh, follow Julian and follow the Appomattox um, tweet. Solar Filmworks at Twitter is all one word, and um, two Appomattox on Twitter. All right. You can also follow me on Twitter at uh, Rex Sykes Movie BT. Rex Sykes Movie BT. Last word is abbreviated. Rex Sykes Movie Beat Friends is on Facebook. There's a Rex Sykes Movie Beat Friends on Facebook page, as well as uh, Filmmaker uh, Network. So look at that or Filmmaking Network. And uh, everybody have a great day, all right? Feel free to email me questions or contact me through the Internet. You can become uh, a member of any of the groups, obviously, by joining them or by clicking a like on the uh, Friends pages. All right, everyone, have a fabulous day. Make your movies. Complete your projects. Until we meet the next time, remember, Michael Beckner is coming up. After him, Rob Lukedic is coming up. After him, Adam Rifkin is coming up. So that's a wrap.